Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. What better time of year to tell a ghost story than the holidays when family is together, it's dark outside, you've got that pretty tree up, and all the gifts underneath, and it's like, hi children, you can open your presents after we tell you about the ghosts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homespun Hates. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And this is our special holiday episode. Woohoo! I feel like singing holiday songs. <laughs> Do we know any? <laughs> should I not? I, sh- I probably shouldn't. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we could try. It'll be out of sync and everyone will cringe. <laughs> Happy holidays. You don't have to have that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Jingle bells. Oh no, not that one. So today we have Jim Royston, who is also a podcaster. He's from Tampa and he has a very sweet, heartwarming story that he calls a living ghost story. And we'll let him explain what that is, but it did happen around the holidays. We just thought it was the perfect story to share with you on this special holiday episode. Uh, I guess we should tell people why we're doing this, because holidays, ghosts, they really do make sense, right? That's all you. Go for it. (laughs) All right. So Diana apparently grew up in a household that did not tell ghost stories at Christmas time. Virtually never. Poor deprived soul. I was. (laughs) Whereas in my normal family, scaring each other at the holidays was part of holiday fun. And it's it's a tradition that dates back to, I don't even know where it originated, but the Vikings had a longstanding tradition of telling ghost stories, keeping each other warm around the Yule log, because it is kind of a creepy time of year, right? It's so dark. The tradition of holiday stories then was perfected by the Victorians because they were macabre as it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they loved themselves a good ghost story. So was that your family celebrated the idea of making you wait to open your presents until you share? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no my, my parents just like telling ghost stories. and I like listening to them. Not too scary, though. <laughs> they were scary. And if they didn't scare us, my mom would like somehow make something up to make them scarier. <laughs> She was all about that. My mom loved scaring us with ghost stories. 
Oh, mom. Oh, mom. <laughs> she was going to take every opportunity she could to tell us a ghost story and Christmas was no exception. So Diana, do you have any plans for the holidays? Well, I do. I do, actually. Ooh. My dad rented a cabin out in, golly, I don't really know where it is. It's going to be out on the lake somewhere between Oklahoma and Missouri because they oh. usually go to, yeah, I know, they usually go to Mexico for for Christmas so they can get some beachy sunshine. But not this year, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2020, 2020. You know what that means. yeah. So this year <laughs> ended up at a lake cabin in Oklahoma. Oklahoma is nice to go out and, and go camping or go to the, the lake or go to the cabin in winter, specifically if you're me, because I have a fear of things that bite. Oh, no just, bugs. Yeah, all the bugs die after a hard freeze. And then you can go out hiking and you don't have to worry about being covered with scorpions and spiders and ticks and mosquitoes and other and fleas. Oklahoma wildlife and centipedes. And yeah, but you're far enough south that there's no wolves. I don't believe there are wolves. There are okay, there are a few coyotes, but they're in the city. So oh. yeah. So that's, that's, that's my plan. So we're going to a cabin in the woods and there's a lake and it's not going to be frozen because this is Oklahoma and we can't like ice skate on the lakes here. But my, <laughs> my dad has fond childhood memories of fishing on the lake. So he got on Amazon and he bought an inflatable dinghy. <laughs> to blow up and put on the lake in December in Oklahoma. It's going to be like 14 degrees. And there's this teeny layer of plastic in between you and this lake that's out in the 14 degree weather. How is the lake not going to be frozen if it's 14 degrees? I mean, I know it won't be frozen enough to skate on, but how will it not right. be like, it, it just, just like punch a hole in the ice to... We get sunshine every day in the winter. It thaws things out. So freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw. But no, it's not going to be like ice fishing. It's definitely just going to be like putting a, a boat on an extremely cold body of water. <laughs> not a boat, an inflatable <laughs> an dinghy. An inflatable dinghy from Amazon. I, <laughs> I was so baffled when he said this. He was like, should I buy one life jacket or two? And I was like, you'd better buy me one because I'm going to go out on this dinghy on this. This sounds like the terrible ideas that my family comes up <laughs> with. I just have to get on board because what? <laughs> I want photos. I know, right? <laughs> it's going to be the two of us and everybody else there at the cabin. We have like family coming to spend time at the cabin. They took the kids out of school and we're quarantining and everything so that we can spend time together. Mm. And cool, cool. <laughs> everybody else is like, no, thank you. I don't want to go <laughs> out on a dinghy on the nearly freezing sub freezing lake. Thank you, though. So there'll be plenty of pictures. Perhaps they'll be blurry because they'll be being taken by people who are laughing at me. But yeah, there will probably be pictures. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. 
We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhates.com slash basement. Oh, I love it. Well, maybe you'll catch something. Yes. <laughs> you'll catch a Christmas fish. Catch a Christmas fish. Oh, that sounds yeah. sounds like an adventure. Yes. I don't know. I'm a little afraid to uh, use fishing tackle while I'm floating in an inflatable dinghy on a frozen lake. Well, what, what's but, the point? <laughs> How are you going to fish in a dinghy without tackle? I don't know. Couldn't it pop the boat? I mean, I'm not very good. I haven't gone fishing since I was seven <sighs> or so. This is not things that I know. Well, anyway, it's, <laughs> it sounds like you have... Very interesting holiday plans, as they always are, Diana. We'll see. Hopefully I don't die. You never know. No. I've got a life vest. Please don't, because we still got to record season three. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Oh, true. I hope the cabin is haunted. I hope so, too. You never know. Creepy stuff happens everywhere. That's true. I don't remember any ghost stories ever happening in my family for Christmas. Well, you're going to go stay in a haunted cabin in Oklahoma and go (laughs) fishing on a frozen lake in an inflatable dinghy. So I, I expect you're going to come back with some stories, Diana. There's something's going to happen. <laughs> I can't say what, but something. <laughs> yep. Before we get started with our episode, though, we do have a new patron to give a shout out to. Jessica, thank you so much for joining our Patreon. If you too are interested in joining our Patreon, be sure to check us out at patreon.com slash homespunhates where we do include bonus episodes for our very special patrons. So, Jessica, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining the Homespun Haints family. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, without further ado, we wish you all happy holidays. Let's get Jim on the show. Today on the show, we have Jim Roysden. He is the host of the Innovator Club podcast, We were delighted when Jim connected with us because he actually has a story that happened around the holidays, which is, we think, the best kind of Christmas story, (laughs) one that involves spooky, ghostly, spiritual things. So, Jim, thank you so much for being on the show today. We're really, really delighted to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast before we get started? Uh, Sure. The Innovator Club is all about bringing creative thinkers and problem solvers together and trying to teach people how to think creatively. 
a lot of people go day to day and it's just a routine of if A happens, then I do B and then I do C. But what happens if you need D? And how do you get to that point? And it doesn't have to be in technology. It can also be in your life as well. So how do you innovate? How do you think about things? And how do you change your life with innovations and innovative ideas? So that's kind of where we're at. Awesome. Wonderful. How long have you had the podcast? How long has it been going? It's been in the works for a while, but I started it in about November. And where can people find your podcast if they want to listen to it? Pretty much anywhere good podcasts are. You can find me on Apple Podcasts. Just look for The Innovator Club. Or you can hit our webpage at www.the-innovator.club. So it's not .com, it's actually .club. Okay. Should be easy enough to remember. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> just, just remember that dash in there. And we will include links to your podcast in the show notes for this episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so everybody, please be sure to check out homespunhaints.com, where we will include links and a little bit of information about the Innovator Club, as well as show notes for this episode. So, Jim, it is the holidays even though it's 2020, the holidays still happened. <laughs> and one way that we are trying to bring a little bit of joy to everyone is to provide some stories during this crazy time. I understand that you have a story that happened around the holidays a few years ago, and it's a little bit unusual. This is more of a, I almost call it a living ghost story, if, if you will. My dad passed away in January of, of 2012, and he had been battling cancer for a long time and had been on several different types of treatments. And when he was in the hospital, the, his last hospital visit, for a couple of months, he had been in and out of what I would call coherent consciousness. He would be talking to people that just weren't there. He just didn't have any focus in like November and, and December and January. My mother needed to go get clothes and pay bills and, and that back home. Dad was in the hospital up in Indiana, home for mom, and dad was in South Carolina. And I knew we would have to make this long trip. I also knew that mom did not want to leave dad there and was really afraid that dad would, would pass before she got back. Well, the morning we left, we agreed to meet at the hospital, and I went into dad's room. I had gotten there a little bit early, and my dad was awake. Not only was he awake, but he was extremely coherent. When I walked in, he addressed me by name. And he and I had a talk, a very interesting talk. We talked about our faith. I was raised Catholic. There's a movie out called What Dreams May Come that actually addresses my faith a little bit closer than what I feel the Catholic faith does. And he actually told me he understood my faith a lot better now. And I really wasn't sure what he was talking about. But he told me that um, he had gone on some new medication back in October, and he had had a very bad reaction to it. He had died. So I'm trying to take all that in, and he explained that he really wasn't there in the hospital room with me. He had died. And he was helping other people that needed help crossing over, if you will, which was something my dad always did. My dad would stop by the side of the road and help anybody. He was just that way. He, he talked to me about a woman who had been in a very bad car wreck and told me her name, told me what had happened and, and the like, and gave me some details that there was no way he could have known. And as we continued our conversation a little bit, he 
looked at me, he goes, your mother's coming. And I didn't hear her. I didn't see her. But sure enough, she walks in the door. And I turned back and I looked at my dad and he had his eyes were kind of glassed over again. And I knew he just, he wasn't there again. I left him with mom. When I left the room, I had gone and was talking to one of the nurses that was on duty there in the ICU. And as I walked up to them, they had been talking about one of the cases they had had earlier. And it happened to be that woman, this young woman, she was 18 years old and was in a head-on collision. And they tried everything to get her back. They mentioned her name, and it was the same name that my dad had said. And I can't imagine my dad hearing that from the nurses. Most nurses won't talk about other cases in front of patients. That kind of got me a little bit, too. How would my dad know about this? I had my dad make a promise to me that he would try to stick around as long as he could, that he didn't leave before mom got back because mom had suffered. A few of her family members had passed prior when my mom wasn't there. And it really hurt my mom bad. Her mom passed away, etc. So one of the things that when I, when I asked dad, please hang on, he said, well, I will do the best that I can. He says, I've hung on as long as I could. I actually came back to you for Christmas. And I thought about that. I gave that a lot of thought. Dad actually had come down for Christmas. Mom and dad had to visit us in Florida. Most of the time he had been out of it. Again, just not, he'd be talking to other people or he would just be staring off into wherever. But on Christmas Eve, when we had a Christmas Eve cruise, a dinner cruise, all of a sudden he was alert again. And he was talking, he was laughing, and he was just himself. And when he told me he'd come back for Christmas, all of a sudden that clicked. That clicked for me. So, as I say, this was a living ghost story that it really was. I mean, my dad was helping other people for the last months that he was physically here, but helping them spiritually cross over. That's a beautiful story. How long before your father did pass? Was that in January? He passed January 25th. He had gone into the hospital with pneumonia. He had gone up to watch his grandkids. My sister had a trip planned. Obviously, that that got canceled as soon as Dad went in the hospital. He had gone up to visit and watch the grandkids. And he was in the hospital for several days before he went into hospice. Not not long after Christmas. No. But he was there on Christmas. He was there on Christmas, Christmas Eve. And, and like I said, we took the, the dinner cruise. Had a wonderful time. And this is all after the bad reaction to the medication that caused him to die in October, right? Yes. And did he ever, did he elaborate what he meant by he, he had died and then came back for Christmas? So what was your interpretation of the progression of events there? Well, he basically, when he said he had died, he said, I had crossed over. He, he, he used those words. He says, it was an amazing experience. And there was still something tying him back, holding him back a little bit. And I do think that was mom. I think he was trying to be there as much as he could for mom. Did not want mom to suffer through the holidays without him. When we were sitting in the room he was in in hospice, we had been there for a day, maybe two, I don't remember. They basically gave him a morphine drip that he could use to, you know, manage pain. And mom decided that it was time for lunch. So she turned away from him 
I mean, she'd been watching him like a hawk, if you will. But she had turned away from him, leaned over to me and whispered, let's go get some lunch. We can leave him here. It'll be okay. She was whispering to me so dad could not hear. But she was whispering in my ear that she was being selfish, that she needed to let him go. And it was hard for her. And she, she said so. She said, I'm being selfish. I want him. I want more time with him. And when she said, I think it's time to let him go, I was facing dad and he took one big, long breath and he was gone. It was nice to have him over the holidays, though. Happened over eight years ago. The picture of us on the dinner cruise sits in our living room. And, um, you know, I look at it and I'm like, it was nice that dad crossed back, if you will. <laughs> the way you described it, he intentionally crossed back. Did he describe to you specifics about his thought process or, or what, what it was like to exist in that plane? Not really. He did say, because I had asked him about, well, he'd, he'd been talking to his grandmother or to his mother, my grandmother. And he said that, that she was still on the other side. His sister was still there. His sister passed when she was 16 in, in a tragic car accident. But his dad wasn't. His dad had come back. And that's when we got into the discussion of my faith and how I saw things, how I believe. And like I said, the Robin Williams, Cuba Gooding Jr. movie, it just hit so close to home. I really had no idea just how close my faith, my beliefs were and what dad was expressing. And I can tell you, dad never watched that movie. <laughs> he had never seen it. It wasn't one that mom would have liked to have watched either. Dad didn't like Robin Williams when it came to his dramatic takes on things. He always felt that dad, he was a better comedic actor. Yeah, well, that movie was a tearjerker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful movie. And he, he described things, what he could describe just reminded you of that, even though that was something he wasn't familiar with. Huh? Yeah. One of the things that he did kind of describe was the difference between, I don't want to say heaven and hell, but the, the difference between color and not. He did make a few mentions of when he was trying to help somebody cross and that person had a little bit of torment, if you will that there wasn't as much color or vibrancy around them. Can you describe what you mean by he helped people cross? Was this while he was in that state of near death? It was from the time of October until the time of his passing, that January when we were talking. He didn't go into a lot of specifics. I mean, the one that he told me about, that he gave me the most detail about, was the young lady in the car accident, because it had just happened there in the hospital. So I have two questions. First of all, he mentioned that he had a bad reaction to his medication in October. Mm -hmm. Was there anything on his charts or anything that your mom could talk about that would line up with that? Uh, yes, there was actually. They had changed his medication and mom basically said around mid-October when they changed it, he stopped being that, that, that social person. He would talk to his mother. He would talk to old army buddies that he knew in Vietnam. He would talk in gibberish as much as mom tried to converse with him. He wasn't always there to, to do that. And even the time when he was talking with me in, in, in the hospital, there were times when he would say something and I would just not understand it. 
And he could tell that I didn't understand it. He was speaking not in gibberish, though, but he was speaking in other languages. Like he would talk in German or in French. Whoa. Sometimes it would intersperse. You'd hear English and then all of a sudden you'd hear a French word. I took French in high school. (laughs) I took Latin in high school. I was born in Germany. I, I remember some German. You get those words and you can almost almost feel like you can translate them. And if I was really confused, he saw it and he would stop and he would try to explain it, whatever he was saying a little differently. Did your father speak French and German? Nope. My second question is, if he was helping people before he physically passed, do you have a sense that he's still doing that? Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby Normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head image. Instead of going my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that to you. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here. So we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. (gasps) It's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! Actually, I kind of do. When my mother's sister passed away a couple of years ago. When my mom and I were sitting in the living room, my aunt was in one of the bedrooms and she too was on hospice. When my mom and I were sitting there, I got an olfactory sense. Now I'm in my parents' house. So for me to smell Old Spice, which is what my dad wore a lot, wasn't unusual. But my dad had quit smoking years before they moved down and I smelled cigar smoke. I also smelled a cigarette smoke as well. And there's a definite difference between the two. Yeah. And it was only a waft of it. It wasn't like it was lingering. It was just there for a moment and then gone. And then shortly after that, we had set up a rotating, let's check on on my aunt. I had gone in the next time and my aunt had passed. Oh, wow. I. I have to ask you, you had this very lucid conversation with your dad while your mom was out of the room and he told you the story about the the woman in the car crash. Did he give you a kind of indication that this was something that was fulfilling for him, that he had always wanted to help people like this or that he felt pressured to do it? Like he was haunted? I I mean, was, was this a pleasant experience for him? I got the sense that he was doing it because he wanted to. Had he ever had any abilities to see spirits? No, he never really he never really spoke of what he felt the afterlife would, would ever be. So this was a little odd for him. 
he didn't have a history of, of no. involving with any of the paranormal or anything like that. No, he laughed at Ghostbusters. That was about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Does it provide some comfort for you? I know it's a terrible loss, but to know that he may still be out there helping people. <laughs> it definitely gives me comfort. It gives me comfort, I guess, to know that my faith is, I don't want to say it's the, it's the only faith. I mean, there are, there are many, many different ways to look at both the physical and the metaphysical world. Like my dad said, he understands what I believe a little bit better now. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so speaking of other paranormal experiences, I know that your father didn't have any others, but I know that you actually have another experience, Jim. <laughs> You saw a ghost. <laughs> I actually did see a ghost, yes. We would love to hear you talk about that, even though it didn't happen at Christmas. Oh, you could twist my arm and I'll tell you this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my wife and I have been married for over 25 years. We've traveled around the world. We feel it's better to give each other memories instead of gifts. And so we would put together these trips we went to Hawaii. We've gone out west into the Canyonlands. And we've gone to Europe a couple of times. And we've always put our budgets out there for our friends and family to say, hey, would you like to join us? It doesn't have to be just my wife and I. And one year we did that to England and decided to invite our friends. And we had one of them take us up on it. And one of the places we stopped at was Lumley Castle, just south of Edinburgh, Scotland. And it is supposedly haunted. Where else can you go to uh, on a trip and say, hey, I stayed at a haunted castle, right? You figured it's a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. So we, we, we booked, got the king and queen suites. After all, it was our honeymoon anniversary trip. So our friend was staying in the queen suite, and we were staying in the king. And my wife is, shall we say, extremely modest. doesn't matter if we're on the very top floor. The shade's need to be drawn so that nobody could peer into the window, curtains drawn. And so after dinner and after played a few games and done a few things, that night we'd gone back up to the room. She had shut the blinds, the Roman blinds, and we proceeded to go to sleep. Now with those blinds closed, it was pitch black. I mean, you literally could not put your hand in front of you and see anything. There was no light leaking in underneath the door. There was nothing coming in through the window. We went to sleep. Sometime that morning, while it was still night, I woke up and I looked around the room and I saw my wife and she was still asleep. And then I thought about it. I said, how can I see my wife? It's pitch black. And as I looked down, I see a woman standing at the foot of the bed. And she's dressed in what I would call a medieval type of, of garb. And she was walking along and she had a light just kind of glowing about her. And, you know, you kind of think, well, is it a flashlight or a lantern or something, but it seemed to be emanating from her. And I looked at her and I looked down at my wife and I looked back at her. I didn't feel fear. I didn't feel, you know, anything, but I, I looked, I said, I, I must be dreaming. And she said something back to me in French. And I had taken French. I, I can't converse in it, but I knew that she was speaking French back. And I just felt at ease. Again, no fear coming up, just felt at ease. And she continued to walk, and she walked to the door, and she walked through it. And the light lingered for just a few moments longer in the room. And I looked over at my wife, who was still sound asleep, 
and I convinced myself that this just had to have been a dream. The next morning when we woke up, the drapes had been drawn, and the shade had been pulled up. And my wife was like, why did you do that? And I said, I didn't. And she goes, surely you did. I says, no, I didn't. And we walked over to the window, and the shade, the, the drawstring for the shade, had been tied in a knot that I've never seen before. And I grew up around the Boy Scouts. I've seen a lot of knots. This one was just in a formation I had never seen. And I saw a ghost. Oh, wow. <laughs> the friend that was staying with you had also seen it, correct? Sensed it. Sensed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, like I said, he was staying in the Queen's Suite. And he he was, I wouldn't say a practicing, but he, he would be believed in Wiccan and spells and crystals and, and the like. And so he had actually told me, he says, I had warded the door. I'm like, well, fine. So it doesn't come through the door, it comes to the wall. But, you know, and we laughed about that, right? <laughs> but he said he felt he woke up that night and had felt something nearby come to the door and then walk away. <gasps> so is that what she said in French? Hey, tell your friend to take that ward off so I can get in my bedroom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa. I will say that if you do go and look up Lumley Castle in the UK... There are stories of a haunting, and there are stories of who it may be. I'll always have that ghost story. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know where I'm going to stay next time, I, next time I'm in Scotland. I'm <laughs> Lumley Castle. Did you and your wife choose Lumley Castle because you were hoping to, to witness something paranormal or just no, pretty no. place I to mean, stay? We, it is listed as a haunted castle. The idea is, all right, we're not going to see anything, right? It's This is just, it's stories to get more people in type of thing. When we put it on our itinerary, it was, we put it for our friends to come and say, hey, we all stayed in a haunted castle and survived. You know, that that was kind of the, <laughs> the, the thing behind it, right? That's how it got on our itinerary. <laughs> fun. A touching story and a fun story. I like the way you told them and you weren't afraid of any of this happening, you just kind of took it in stride and appreciated it. And that's that's a really good, unique perspective, I think. One of the things my dad always taught me, besides help others, is to not be afraid of things. Respect things. I mean, there are things that are going to, that can hurt you, but be curious. Great words of advice. Well, Jim, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure to have you come on. And as Diana said, you are an excellent storyteller. And we really, really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing your stories. I know that that's very touching, the story about your father, and I truly appreciate you being willing to share that with the world. Yeah. Please be sure to check out Jim's podcast, The Innovator Club. You can visit his website at www.the-innovator.club. You can also find him wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website at homespawnhaints.com, where we'll have show notes for this episode, as well as links to Jim's podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Homespun Haints. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash Homespun Haints. We're also on Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at Homespun Haints. And if you like what we're doing, please consider contributing to our Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash Homespun Haints. And all of our patrons are getting a holiday card right now. So you're a patron look out for that jim truly a pleasure thank you so thank you. much we genuinely appreciate it and we wish the best holiday for you and your family thank you so much jim and no, you're quite welcome it's a great story thank you for Good. coming on the show you're welcome diana 
that's our show. Have a spooky day. <laughs> I don't <laughs> That was too heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, happy holidays, happy everybody. Holidays and have a spooky holiday. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th. 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.